will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. And I will say this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. And he has made me glad. Yes, he has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. For he has made me glad. Yes, he has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. One more time. Made me glad, yes, he has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad, yes, he has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. And I will serve thee because I.
welcome you this evening. Let's put it in the key of G. Let's sing that song, How Great Is Our God. We'll try a, a fast one again here. We'll try this again. So how great is our God? How great is His Word? He's the greatest one that ever was heard. Oh, He rolled back the I'm in that number I'm in that number 
here so I'll have you remain standing. Uh, I have a prayer request here for Brother Joel Johnson. Uh, He's just uh, asking for healing in his body so we just want to uh, pray for him. 
I know that over the past several years, there's been some health issues, so uh, we just want to continue to remember him. Um, also, I uh, just want you all to remember Dad. He's at home sick this evening and just not feeling well. So uh, just remember him in prayer. And also, uh, my sister-in-law, uh, Lauren, has her uh, PET scan tomorrow. So we're just uh, praying for good results on that as well. So uh, just keep her in prayer also. That is all the prayer requests I have uh, this evening. So if I could have uh, Brother Josh come up and pray over these prayer requests at this time. Let's just bow our heads. Heavenly Father, it's such a privilege, Lord, to gather in your house tonight, Lord, to come and worship you, Lord, and to hear from you, Lord. Lord, at this time, we just want to take these requests, Lord, and lift them up in our hearts and our minds, Father, our loved ones, Lord, that need a touch from you. Pray, Lord, you just continue to minister to them, Lord, and the ones that are not here and traveling, Lord, especially with our pastor, Lord, and his family. Pray, Lord, you give them a wonderful rest, Lord. In time of fellowship, Lord, and bring them back home safe. Lord, we ask you to be with the remainder of our service, Lord, and as you bring the word, Lord, may we just be doers of the Lord as well as hearers, Father. We love you, Ness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may have your seats. Let's put it in uh, the key of D. Let's sing that song, uh, Here I Am to Worship. We'll just sing a couple songs before the minister comes this evening. So here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you are my
presence of the Lord is in this place. Oh, I can feel His mighty power and His grace. I can feel the brush of angels' wings. I see pass by. Let's sing this song uh, in G. Uh, this is my desire before the minister comes this evening. So this is my desire
His way in our life. If you have a request, you can show by raising your hand as we go into prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for such an atmosphere where we know, Lord, that all things are possible. Father, we are so grateful, Lord, to have the privilege of coming to your house. No doubt, Father, there are many people tonight that are declared dead by doctors who wish they had a chance to go in the house of God, but they did not have a chance. They had some, Lord, today that are in hospitals that would wish if only I could have a chance, I would go to the house of God. But, Father, you have, you have allowed us, Lord, to come into your house and to worship you, Father. It's the greatest honor and privilege to be in the presence of God, to be in the presence of the King. Lord, we realize how little we are. We realize, Father, that we are nothing, O oh God. We realize, Lord Jesus Christ, that we are, we are just absolutely nothing. Father, may you have your way in our lives, Lord. We raise our hands to you, Father, surrendering ourselves to you, surrendering our desires to you, knowing that, Father, we have no ability within ourselves to help our situations, to help our cause, to help, Father, in our sicknesses. For we know that you only are the healer. You only, Father, can satisfy. We thank you tonight, Lord. Forgive us, Father, of our sins. Cleanse us from our trespasses, oh God. And may you just come, Father, in our midst tonight and speak to our hearts. We have come, Father, not, Lord, to honor a tradition or a ritual, but we have come, Father, Lord God, to meet with the blessed Holy Spirit. You, our Lord, we commit this service into your hands. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You may have your seat. Thank you so much, musicians. That was a wonderful hour. Certainly enjoyed the, the song service. Uh, appreciate uh, Brother um, Mitchell just uh, coming from his honeymoon, going straight to, to, to his post of duty. Amen. He was uh, he is certainly singing much, much, much better now, now that he's a complete, a complete man. I was laughing with him. I said, you have become like one of us to know good and evil. <laughs> Amen. But uh, certainly happy to be here. There's no other place where we can be tonight than to be in the house of God. Uh, I don't know about you, but I always look forward to coming to the house of God. And it always hurts me when I'm not able to come. Praise the Lord. If we can stand at this time, and just go straight to the word without uh, taking so much of the time and uh, taking advantage of the atmosphere that is here already. Let's open to Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. If you have it. Bible says, who has made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit? For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Amen. I'm going to repeat that again. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. You may have your seat. One of the more common scriptures that uh, no doubt may have been read in uh, family altars and Sunday school and maybe different meetings. Uh, 
But today, by the grace of God, we just wanted to take that little, uh, not little, but that scripture for a Bible study. I've realized uh, through my little experience that there is no scripture that is big or little. <laughs> uh, all scriptures are God-breathed for instruction, for correction, for exhortation. Praise be to God. And I uh, want to remember Brother Barry, who is away traveling on vacation with his family. I wouldn't want to say that he is missing us. I think that would be <laughs> uh, not accurate whenever someone is on a family vacation. <laughs> it's very difficult <laughs> to assume that they are missing you when they are on a family vacation. <laughs> but let's, let's assume they miss us. Praise God. <laughs> I was uh, talking to him this morning. I said, you have so many coffees there. It's a high caffeine vacation. <laughs> Praise God. So we want to talk about the spirit, the letter and the spirit. By the grace of God, that's what we want to talk about for the next hour, the letter and the spirit. From the scripture that we read, Paul says that God has made us able ministers of the New Testament. Amen. Not of the letter. All of us are ministers in one way or the other. We may be ministers to our children, we may be ministers uh, here on the pulpit or singing, but all of us are ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and here Paul says, not of the letter, but of the spirit. And he goes on to say that the letter killeth, but the spirit gives life. Now, and the question now comes is, how does a letter kill? When it's, it's you know, I believe here he was talking about the law, he was talking about the word of God. And he was talking about the Bible. How can something that is supposed to give you life be a killer? And that's what we want to look at tonight. Praise be to God. Now, if we, if we read uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, uh, Paul, you know, he gives an admonition. He says, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Now, now, now you don't find the word Satan many times in the Bible. But Paul uses this word a couple of times, you know, in Timothy and, and Corinthians. And he says that, lest Satan should take advantage of us. And the reason why Satan takes advantage of people is because here he says that if we are, if we are ignorant of his devices. So in other words, when we become Christians, we should be aware of the devil's devices, and, and one of the things that we want to do, to, to do you know, as we minister is to equip people that they may be able to identify the devices of the enemy. Praise the Lord. Countries, they spend billions of dollars spying on different countries to know the capabilities of another country. Yeah. Amen. That's just common sense. You have to know your enemy. Because if you don't know your enemy, then you are at risk. Praise the Lord. You know, if it means, you know, they have to send balloons or, you know, different things, they will do that to know the capabilities of their enemy. If the Japanese had known that America had a nuclear weapon, they would not have attacked Pearl Harbor. But because they underestimated their, their enemy, they made a generational mistake. And many times we find that even in our Christian journey, we find young men, we find young women underestimating the power of the enemy to deceive. Amen. It's only when you find yourself 
in a very, very deep pit, in a very, in a very hard situation, then you realize, if only I had known, praise be to God. But we definitely don't want to underestimate our enemy. Even people that play sports or boxing, you know, they have to study their enemy. Oh, he's heavyweight. He weighs uh, 300 pounds. He's uh, six feet one. He, he, he's, you know, he has got a very powerful uh, left punch or right punch. I'm just giving examples. I don't watch boxing <laughs> or any of that. Hey, man, because if you don't know, if you don't sit down to study your enemy, to study your own strength, your own weaknesses, and that of your enemy, you're going to be in trouble. Praise be to God. So our enemy is alive, and he is a living enemy. Now, I, I don't believe in a, you know, just a, 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 just a mechanical gospel where we just come to church, hey, we don't have to worry about the devil. The devil is out there. The prophet says there are people that don't believe that they are demons, but demons are there. He says, I meet them every day. Sickness is a demon, praise, praise be to God. And you find things like temper, things like pride, those are spirits. And you have to be aware of those things. If you look at, 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 at what we have today, for example, when the Bible was written by Moses, and he says that a man shall not wear that pertaineth unto a woman, and a woman must not wear that which pertains to a man. God was dealing with certain spirits. But because people took that for granted, right now we have got young people that are confused. They don't know the difference between a man and a woman. And it's because they are spirits that have come into all the world. And it's because people ignore the simplicity of the scriptures. If people were, would have been taught, would have known from birth, from you know, growing up, being you know, taught in the word, in the Bible, then basic things like just knowing a man and a woman would not become a subject to debate. Amen. So when God, when God spoke the word through Moses, people looked at the letter of that word. What is wrong with just wearing slacks? What is wrong, what, what is wrong with just, you know, you know, there's nothing wrong with just, you know, if a guy wants to put in a skirt, there's nothing wrong with that. They were looking at the letter. And now people are dying because they did not get the spirit of the letter. And tonight... And when we preach the message of the hour, it's not like what Brother John Anders says. It's not like, you know, dotting the I's and crossing the T's, right? We want to, to, for people to get the Holy Spirit. Amen. We want to people to get the spirit of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Not the spirit of Brother Aaron, not the spirit of Brother Branham, but the spirit of Jesus Christ. Yeah. When you have the spirit, then you become a written epistle of Jesus Christ. Because the letter can be very, very dangerous. I know people right now, you know, there was an issue in Africa where people were like, well, we don't want to listen to ministers. We just want to listen to tapes because we want to hear the pure word of God. We don't want anything added to it. It sounds very good, but it's very, very carnal. Because first of all, that's not what the Bible says. God has ordained ministers to preach the gospel. And number two, when we say the Bible, you have to, you know, don't add or subtract. It's not a carnal adding of, as if you can't even write notes in your Bible. Right. So, no, brother, you can't, you can't put notes in your Bible. You're adding to the word. That's, that's carnal. Right. But if you take a Scofield Bible, Scofield put his notes there. Some of them are right. Some of them are not even right. right. 
But you can't throw away this coffee Bible and say, ah, oh, it's not the pure word. You know, he, you know it's, the, the, he added something. That's, that's a carnal mentality. You know, that's like what the Islam do, you know, when they read the Quran, they have to, you know, read it in a certain way, you know. You know, because they want to preserve the, the word and they want to, it becomes carnal, praise God. So when we talk about the word, it's a spirit word. You can take this Bible and it can, uh, uh, one, one sister asked me a <laughs> Sunday school question, said, Brother Aaron, I've got an old Bible. How do you get rid of it? You know, can I, should I tear it? Should I? And I'm not going to tell you the answer because you're not in, in Sunday school. <laughs> but because this Bible, it can, it can be torn apart. But that, that, that doesn't mean that you have torn apart the word. Because the word is spirit. And this is the word in written form. But it's the spirit that you get when you read this word. That's what we call the word. Because the Bible says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. So God is not paper and ink. God is spirit. Praise be to God. So we have to know Satan's devices. And one of the things that people don't know is they don't know what they are fighting against. And you know, the spirit of this age, who knows how many people know the spirit of this age? It's lukewarmness. That's the enemy. So if you, you have to know what are you fighting against. You're not going to go back to the world and, st- and start drinking. You're not going to go back to the world and start smoking. The devil will just make you look warm. Because that's the spirit of the age. So you have to identify this is where the devil attacks. This is where the devil has killed many churches and many Christians. And I have to fortify that. Amen. You know, when, when Russia, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be you know, talking about the war of the time, but I've just been reading history in you know, a few books. So forgive me if I talk about you know, the war and the military. The, the goal is to get the inspiration, not really get you know, locked up in the stories or the politics of it, right? <laughs> now, Brother Branham, one time, he, he, took, he, he took a packet of cigarettes and he preached a sermon because he took inspiration from what was written there. So, so, so I hope you forgive me there. Praise the Lord. So when, 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 when Russia invaded Ukraine, one of the things that NATO did is they fortified their, their, their border, right? They sent, sent troops because, you see, you want to fortify where you know the devil may enter. And if there's anything that we need to fortify, it's lukewarmness. You have to watch yourself, am I lukewarm? Do I still want to come to church? Do I still want to? And I, I believe that, you know, I don't mean to be fundamental, but you look at, you know, how, how many, how, do you still read your Bible? Basic things like that. Do you still pray? Do you still come to church? It might sound elementary, but it's, it's a victory to come to church. We are living in a time where people don't want to come to church. And it's a spirit. Some people say, oh, Brother Aaron, I've got, you know, this excuse, and that's fine. They are legitimate excuses, but it's also a spirit. Because if you, re- if you look at studies, right, even, you know, research, you look at England, they say church attendance has gone down. And it has gone down, and it's not that people are becoming godly, they are streaming online, no, so. They're not coming to church, and they are dying outside of church. Up to a point where some churches are being sold and being reused as beer halls. Because nobody is coming to church. Amen. So it's a, it's a spirit that is affecting, that is just going in the world. 
you know, the devil isolates you. And then if you see like the wildebeest and the buffaloes in the Serengeti, you know, the lions, they'll go after those weak animals that are, you know, just walking alone outside of the flock. You know, and it's, that's what the devil does. Praise be to God. Amen. Let me, let me continue reading here. The prophet says, now, now we know we got counterfeits everywhere. That's right. It's a battle. You've got to know your enemy. You've got to know your, your armor. You have to, your armor is the word. Always, every time, you only fight the devil by the word. When the devil came to Jesus, Jesus Christ said, he said, he said it is written. It is written. He was fortified in the word because he was the word. Praise be to God. Now, in John chapter 4, verse 24, the Bible says, God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. So God is a spirit. So if we say we are walking with God, we are walking in the spirit. Amen. Enoch walked with God. Enoch walked in the spirit. Now, when we look at this idea of the letter and the spirit, we want to emphasize today on the spirit part. Because God himself is a spirit. Remember, uh, we, we, we spoke about this the other time we were here, and we said that the angels that fell with Lucifer, they did not lose their gifts. Lucifer himself did not lose his power, but he lost the right spirit. And no matter how gifted you are, no matter how, 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 how much of a, of a preacher you are, if you don't have the right spirit, then you cannot please God. Amen. Praise be to God. That's why you say, you, 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 I've seen people that you know, come out of you know, toxic you know, ministries. Why? Because you know, the man is gifted, but he doesn't have the right spirit. You know, he can put together the words, he can put together the courts, he can tell you all everything about the Bible but he doesn't have the right spirit. So that person dies from the letter. Why? Because he did not catch the spirit of the letter. Yeah. Praise be to God. In Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 19, the Bible says, and I will give them one heart. And I will give them one heart, and I will, I will put a new spirit within you. And I will take away the stone heart out of their flesh. And I will give them a heart of flesh. Praise be to God. So, 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 so God's idea of a new man is a person with a new spirit. Amen. A new heart and the Holy Spirit. Because a, a human being, our spirit when we are born is, is actually contaminated. God has to give you his a new spirit before he can even give you the Holy Spirit. Have you ever met some people out there in the world? They are, they're not Christians, but they are very nice people. Why? Because they have a good spirit. Yeah. Now, a good spirit doesn't mean you are a Christian. This is where people fail. Someone come to, comes to church and they say, oh, he's a good brother. Oh, he's a good sister. That's fine, but you don't stop there. You have to have the Holy Spirit. Because you cannot be served, you cannot be saved by a new, by, by a new spirit. You are saved by receiving the Holy Spirit. And you have to have everything. And if you have the Holy Spirit without a new spirit, you guess what? It's a problem. You cannot have power without character. You cannot have power without a right spirit and a right heart. Amen. 
Micah chapter 6, verse 7, the Bible says, Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of, of, of rams? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or with 10,000 of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has showed you, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. Now we find many scriptures like this in the Bible, where God, he, he ignores the, the daily routine of sacrifice, of bullocks, and he gives like a very small summary to say, hey, listen, this is what you need to do. You just need to, 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 to walk justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. Amen. There are many scriptures like that. Like, for example, is Ecclesiastes. The Bible says that fear God and obey his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. It is, young men, remember the creator in the days of, of, of your youth. Praise be to God. Because what happens is that that therefore is in the detail. Sometimes, you know, we lose the, 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 the idea of why we are doing things because we do it over and over and over again. You know, you know, you know it becomes a routine. We go to Jerusalem, we bring our sacrifices, we, we go to the priest until we lose the spirit behind the instructions of the word. Amen. Now, here is a def definition of this concept of the letter, and, uh, the letter and the spirit. It says here, the letter of the law and the spirit of the law are two possible ways to regard rules or laws. To obey the letter of the law is to follow the literal reading of the word of the law. Whereas following the spirit of the law means in enacting the intent behind the law. Because if you know the intent, even if circumstances change, you will still be able to apply the law appropriately because you know the intention of the law. So the, the spirit of the law is the intention of the law. So when we say you have to obey, the, you, you have to walk, you know, the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life, is you know the intention of the word. Hallelujah. You know the objective of the word. If someone comes to you and says, uh, show me a scripture that says you must not smoke cigarettes. Can you show them? There's no scripture which says that. Because circumstances can change. But the, the, but the spirit behind the word does not change. Amen. The same spirit that speaks about drinking is the same spirit that addresses smoking. Yeah. Praise be to God. Show me a quotation which talks about, uh, I'm just giving an example. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Give me a quotation that talks about, you know, artificial intelligence or TikTok. Because there are new things that are coming up that we don't have the Bible, the scriptures for. We don't have, you know, a quotation that we can pinpoint to say, hey, this is, the, the, this is what the prophet says. But, but you know what? We have the spirit of Christ. And if we have the spirit of Christ, we should be able to apply the same Bible to our different situations. Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you know what? The devil will pacify you. Like I've seen people that say, oh, brother, you know what? I'll never drive a Cadillac because, you know, there's this quotation. And then they'll buy a $100,000 Ford. You know? <laughs> Yet they don't want to drive a Cadillac, which costs $40,000. You see? I'm just giving an example. 
It's someone that has taken the letter but not the spirit. Or someone who say, oh, brother, I, 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 don't, I don't watch television. I don't have a television in my home. But they have a giant monitor and they have all the subscriptions from Hulu to Netflix to Amazon to all the subscriptions you can think of, they have them. I'm not talking about what is wrong. I'm just giving an example. So you cannot boast to say, I don't have a television, right? Because you're just, you're just doing the same thing, right? I'm not saying do this or do that. I'm just giving an example here. I'm not the pastor, so I don't, I don't talk about those things. You can ask Brother Barry. You know, he would tell you, right? But I'm just giving an example that you, so that you can understand. That someone can say, hey, I, I, they can, you know, the devil can make you boast, to say, I don't have television. But yet you watch filthiness on your phone or filthiness on your laptop. You say, no, but you have got a letter that you can boast with. And what happens? The letter has killed you. But if you have the spirit, you know whether you are, it's a television, whether it's your phone, whether it's, your, it's a laptop, you know that, you know what, the spirit, I must not fa- watch filthy things. I must not listen to vulgarity. I must not listen to, to, blaspheme, to, to blasphemy. Amen. Praise be to God. That's the spirit behind the word. Amen. Until people, you know, they get lost in, you know, in detail. Oh, brother, you know, it's like this. No, what, what is the Holy Ghost is? What is the Holy Ghost is saying to you? Yeah. Amen. And if, if you have that spirit in you, it solves a lot of problems that we have. It's most people, you know, they're like, oh, brother, I want to do this. Give me a coat. It's not about coats. You see, it's not about the coats and knowing, the, memorizing the Bible like the Quran. It's about having the spirit of Jesus Christ. You don't need to have a, a, a scripture for everything. You don't need a coat for everything. Because one day you're going to run out of coats. But that doesn't mean you've got a license to do whatever you want. You have to have the Holy Spirit in you. Amen. Amen. People say, Brother Aaron, how, uh, why shouldn't I do this? You know, you know, they make the minister's job very difficult. Because they want the, the, the minister to give them the, a, a scripture and a quote. But sometimes we, do, we don't have that. Sometimes, we, you know, the prophet one time, one woman's quote, the prophet one time says, you know, Brother Brother, my husband is spiritually dead. Allow me to get married again. <laughs> And he said, do you have the Holy Spirit? You know, after two hours of discussing, and the woman says, no, 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 brother, Brahma, I don't have the Holy Spirit. He said, okay, fine. You go and receive the Holy Ghost, and then you call me back, and then we can, we can take it from there. <laughs> Amen. Because why? They, they received the letter, but they did not receive the Spirit. And that's what killed Israel in the Old Testament. It's because, you know what, they were just doing rituals. I just go to church. I just sit in the pew, I, I listen, I clap, I have to be baptized. It becomes a ritual. Yeah. And they, you don't know why, you don't have a revelation of why you are doing that. And, and, and when you don't have a revelation, you don't have the joy of doing what you are doing because you don't know what it is. Amen. But when you know the intention of the Bible, when you know the objective of it, then you are able to have a, a good discernment. Jesus Christ, one time he told people, he said, listen, the law is summed up in two things, to love the Lord and to love your neighbor as yourself. He was giving them the spirit behind the laws. 
that it, it was not just you know, being written to overload people with you know, uh, uh, traditional rituals, but it's for you to, to be able to, to interact with God and to interact with your neighbor. If you look, if you look at all the, the laws that we have in the land, they help you to interact with, with, you know, with God and to interact with your neighbor. Your interaction with the government and your interaction with your neighbor. Amen. So here it goes on to say, it says, intentionally following the letter of the law, but, but not the spirit of the law, may be accomplished through exploiting technicalities and loopholes and ambiguous language. Rules as written versus rules as intended. Amen. You see, I work in public accounting, and part of my job, well, I'm not proud of it, but one of our department is we help people to lower their tax, their tax burden. Because you know what people do? They, they, they look at technicalities and tax loopholes. And from a financial perspective, that's okay, because that's not breaking the rules. It's not ethical, but it's not breaking the rules, right? It's not tax avoidance, just to be clear. But you see, that, that is, you know, you, you, you find a billionaire that doesn't pay a penny in tax, and that's okay, because they are exploiting the, what, the loopholes, right? But if, if somebody knows what is the objective of paying your taxes, I'm, I'm speaking from a perfect world. I'm not talking about what we have right now, where, you know, taxes are being abused and things like that, <laughs> right? I'm just giving an example so that you understand. So the, the purpose of collecting taxes is for the government to, you know, is fund health care and build roads and different things, right? So if, if, if in a perfect world where people know the spirit behind why we are allowed to pay taxes is you would not need to go to the rules to bypass taxes. You just go and say, you know what, I have to pay my taxes. Because it's a good thing to do, right? I'm talking about in a, what? In a perfect world. But when, when, you, when, you, when you don't have the spirit of that, you will look for technicalities and loopholes. And that's what people do. You know, all of us do that. I mean, financially, that's, that's actually very good. Find loopholes, lower your taxes. Praise God. But in the spirit, you can't do that. You can't try to find loopholes to bypass the word of God. Because you know what? Satan will give you loopholes. People try to find technicalities in the message. <laughs> like one minister, he said, Brother Aaron, you know what? I believe, you know, even if you're a minister, you can marry someone, you know, who has been divorced. I said, oh, brother, where do you get that? Says, ah, you know, Brother Branham, once, you know, in, from that time, he said to that woman, you know, you can be a minister's wife. I said, Brother, you are getting into technicalities and loopholes. Get, go in the spirit of the message. What does the prophet teach about these things? Amen. It's because you are, you are trying to find the what? The letter. And why do many people leave the message today? It's because they are looking at the letter and not the spirit of the message. The spirit of the message is to prepare us for the coming of the Lord. It's not to follow rules and do's and don'ts. Is it okay to wear a golden watch? Is it okay to wear pajamas? Is it okay to wear a necklace? Is it, you know, people, they, they become, you know, like they have pages and pages of rules. And you know what? Rules can make you feel good, but they don't make you a son of God. Rules can make you feel good, but they don't make you a better Christian. A better Christian walks by the Spirit. The Bible says the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. 
They are not led by rules and regulations. And you know what? There were, there were, there are, there are two priesthoods in the Bible. The priesthood of Aaron was given to Israel. And the prophet says that Israel, they are servants. How many knows that? And the bride, we have the priesthood of Melchizedek. And Melchizedek was a king. And God has made us to be kings and priests. And we don't live by rules and regulations. We don't live by the law, but we live by grace. Because God has made us to be kings. Once you start walking in rules and regulations, you are thinking in the order of a servant. If you look at the CEO of a company, the, he doesn't need to, to worry about, okay, what time must I start to work? Because he's the owner of the business. He shows up first thing in the morning before anyone else comes. Because he wants to drive the company. He wants to keep his business alive. But a new hire, he is a servant. What time do I start? What time is lunchtime? What time do I finish? You know, that's his mindset. Because he is a servant. But the owner of the business does not have that same mindset. So that's the difference between Christians in the Old Testament. They were servants. That's Israel. But we are kings and priests. And kings are sovereign. Like that, that colored man who was sold into slavery. And, you know, the trader said, why is he different? Do you feed him different? He says, no. Do you treat him different? No. But why is he different? He says, because from he, we know that from where he came from, he was a son of a king. And because he was a son of a king, he walked as a son of king. Amen. He was not walking by rules and regulations. He did not need to receive a memo every now and then. Brother, come to church, brother. Brother, come to Sunday school. Brother, do this. If there's anything that you don't want is to live by the, by the law, because the, the law will make you a slave. You want to live by the Spirit. And that's what we tell young people. Marry someone that you love so that you don't live by the law. Amen. So that you don't have to go to a seminar to be told how to love your wife. You have to find someone that you love. She, she must be a Christian, but you must love that person. You don't need anyone to convince you that she, you have to love her. When, when they would come to Brother Branham, he would ask them a simple question. Can you live without her? If the, if the answer is no, then you probably should marry her. Or you should marry him. Praise God. And if you love someone, because love is the end of the law. It's not about rules. Oh, you didn't buy me something on my birthday. Now, brothers, don't do, never forget your wife's birthday. You know? You, you, you promised me this. You didn't do that. It's not, it's, it's not just rules and, you know, it's, 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 it's love. Amen. Amen. Let's continue reading here. Now, the prophet says here in the, in the message, he says, today I, I brought paper because they remind me of my old days in Africa where I had to use paper. I had no technology. <laughs> Now, the spirit minds the word. Now, that's right, because the spirit gives words life. See, the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. Amen. Here, the prophet says in, in the message, shepherds of the sheepfold, to know him is, to, is life. Not to know your catechism. That's not life. Not to know the, how do you pronounce that? Doxology. Not to know the apostles' creed. Not is, is not life. Not to know uh, all the, prof the places that the prophets went hunting. That won't give you life. Right. Not to know everything in Jeffersonville or Arizona. That's good, but that won't give you life. Right. 
Not to know the Bible is life, as good as it may be, but to know him is life. Now, the theologians, they know the Bible. The Pharisees knew the Bible, but they did not know him. If they had known him, they'd have recognized him. But they went by the letter without the spirit. That's why when they were, answering, they were asking their questions to Jesus, do you know what the Bible says? They tempted him saying. They tempted him saying. So they said, a question can be considered a temptation by God depending on the motive of why you are asking that question to him. And God is able to discern our thoughts. We as human beings, if you ask me a question, I don't even know why you're asking. I'll just answer you sincerely, right? But God knows why you're asking a question. And God, remember there was, at least there was, there was Mary. Mary asked the question to the angel, Gabriel. said, how can these things be seen that I don't know a man? And, and Gabriel explained to, to, to Mary and said, the Holy Spirit shall come upon you. But Zechariah asked a question to Gabriel. And you know what? Guess what happened? Zechariah said, you're going to be mute. How can you ask me a question? Because God knows the intention behind the question. Amen. God can judge differently on the same circumstances, knowing the motives behind, knowing the intention behind. And the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that the word of God is quick and sharp. Amen. Like a double-edged sword. Knowing the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. So God is able to know our intentions. And many times God does not judge us by our our actions. He judges us by our our intentions. Because God judges our hearts. Amen. Amen. So sometimes, because of the letter, now the letter sometimes they govern our actions. And we become very comfortable in our actions. But yet God is looking at our hearts. Why are we doing this? Are we giving so that because we love someone, or are we giving so that we can make ourselves feel better? Are we giving to help someone, or want to, we are giving so that we can be returned back? Are we giving to help someone, or we are giving just to be known by the world? Like the Pharisees, the Bible says that they broadened their phylacteries and they will do their alms before man. And Jesus looked at that and he saw their intentions. That they were following the word, but they were following the letter of the word, but they did not have the spirit of the word. And Jesus said, you shall not be like the Pharisees. When you do your alms, don't do it before man. When you pray, don't pray before man. Don't tell people, hey, I read five books a day. Let Have a private life with Jesus Christ. Have a private relationship with Jesus Christ. What you do in secret, God will bless you openly before man. Amen. The Bible says, And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. So God, you have to know God, and he has to know you. These were people that were doing many works before God. Some of them, you know, when we read the scripture, we imagine, well, these people were, you know, maybe drinking and smoking. No, some of these were good, fine people. That's why they are called foolish virgins. Well, some of the foolish virgins will be in the, in, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the new Jerusalem, right? But we have these people that are cast away because they did not know God. 
They were casting out devils. They were caught up in that daily business, you know, going to, to, to camp, you know, visiting people, but they did not have the spirit of Jesus Christ. The prophet says in the message, a greater than Solomon is here. It's, like, it's just like a man that's got money in the bank, and he can write a check, and the other man can, uh, can write a check and hasn't got money in the bank. If you could ever get them to, two together, get a Pentecostal to recognize who he is, or get a fundamental to recognize that all his fundamental teachings, yet Christ, the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. says you can be fundamental and know the word and know the Bible, but without this the Holy Spirit, you are dead. That's what the prophet is saying here. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, the Bible says, Now, the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now, the law makes you a slave, but the spirit gives you liberty. And the Bible says that our, his commandments are not a burden to us because we have overcome the world. If you receive the Holy Spirit, then you are free. And you enter into the Sabbath, Hebrews chapter 4. says, if you hear his voice, if you, if you hear him speak, obey his voice, that you may enter into his rest. And he that has entered into Christ, he has, he has gotten rest and has ceased from his works. Remember, in the Old Testament, they had a physical Sabbath, which was a Saturday, the seventh day of the week. But in the New Testament, our Sabbath is the Holy Ghost. Without the Holy Ghost, you are not rested. You are working. It's a toiling. It's a struggle to, make, to follow this message of the hour. And I will be the first to tell you that it's not easy. Amen. But once you receive the Holy Ghost, you are free. You rest from your works. Yeah. Yes, we are in this pest house. Just because you have the Holy Ghost, you will still have some temper fits now and there. You will still, you know... When somebody, you are in traffic or somebody, you would, you, but you know what? You'll be quick to make it right because you are, you have the Holy Spirit. Praise God. The God had explained, the prophet says, and you must test your motive and your objective first. First, find the will of God and then find your objective and then test your motive and to see if your motive is right. Then, as Jesus said in Mark 11, verse 24, if you say to this mountain, be moved and don't doubt in your heart, it will be moved. So the prophet is saying that you have to judge your motive and your objective. Remember, when we read the definition from, I uh, believe it was Wikipedia, of, of letter and spirit, it says that the, the letter is what is written, but the spirit is the intention. In other words, it's the motive behind something. So before we ask something from the Lord, whether you want a pickup truck or you want a horse or you want a fiddle or you want a house, you have to ask yourself, what is the motive of getting that? Because even if you get it without the right motive, it will kill you. If you go and buy a, a, a Ford Mustang, if you're a young man, which you shouldn't, <laughs> no, you can't. I'm just kidding. Without the right spirit, it will kill you. I know of a minister, he was giving me his testimony. He says, Brother Aaron, I bought a food Mustang. I was a young man. Then that's what killed me. It took me away from church. Because when he bought it, he said, well, you know what? I'm free. I can do whatever I want. And guess what? It, it, spirits came. Girls came. Friends came. Bad friends came. And that's where he, how he backslid. But we thank God he came back in the faith. 
he had something. He could have told people, hey, listen, I've got a 1969 uh, Ford Mustang or, you know, Chev Impala or whatever you call it. But because his heart was not right, it killed him. But we thank God he came back. But as long as you got doubt in your heart, whether it's the will of God or your motive or, or your objective is wrong, how is it, is, it, is it going to move? But when you know that your motive is right and is the will of God and your objective is right, it's got to move. When God came to Solomon and he said, what would you want? Solomon said, Lord, I want you to give me wisdom to go before your people and to judge them. And God knew Solomon's heart. Otherwise, he would not have asked Solomon. Because remember, God is omni, omniscient. He knows the end from the beginning. God could ask Hetty right what she wanted because he knew she was not going to ask for, 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 for 50% of J.P. Morgan stock. She, 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 God knew that she had a good heart. Yeah. Amen. And people take that quotation and say, you know what, we're in the third pool. Speak your house, my brother. Speak your car, my brother. That's fine. But what is your motive? Praise be to God. Solomon says, I want wisdom to be able to judge. And God says, you have asked the right thing. God wants you to ask the right thing. And why do you ask the right thing? You, ask, you look at your motive and your objective. Lord, if you, if you, if you, if you, if you give me a car, I believe it will, it will bless you. It, it, it will help me to go to church early, Lord. Lord, if you give me a, a good house, I believe it will help me, Lord, to host your children and we can have fellowship. Praise God. And you have a right motive. And God is, is bound to move because he looks at your heart. Because remember, God is a businessman. He's not going to waste things. When he, God gives you seeds. Matter of fact, remember from you know, this, the stewards series, we own nothing. We are stewards. Everything that we have comes from God. And God has given us those things, and he wants those things to be fruitful. If he gives you a singing ministry, he wants it to be fruitful to bless and edify his people. If he makes you to be a minister, he wants it to to multiply and edify the body. He doesn't give you a gift of singing just for you to be seen by people, just for you, you know, just for people to say, oh, brother Aaron can sing. Oh, brother Aaron, you know, what is your objective? You know, it's like when we were young in the ministry, when we were in high school, you know, you know, before, you know when you are still green, you're still growing, you know, you, you read your Bible, you will go, you ask to go and preach, you, you try to find, you know, something deep and very fancy. Because you're young and you're, you're immature, you know, oh, I want to talk about the mystery of baptism, you know, but when you mature, you say, you know what, I, I want people to understand about baptism. Okay, today we're going to talk about baptism. And you break it down for people to understand. Because the objective of teaching is for people to understand. It's not for people to walk away and say, oh, that brother is deep. Oh, that brother, yeah, 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 that brother, he he knows the message. Wow. You know, and people, until people go out of their way and say, oh, I want to talk about the seven, the seal in the trumpet and in the vial and... All those things are right, but what is your, or, or your heart? What are you, why are you doing that? Is it to edify God's children, or is it to elevate yourself before God's children? And God does not want, does not want any flesh to glory before him or his children. Your heart must be right. Amen. 
The prophet says, in be not afraid, it is I. I don't care if you ever so correct in your theology. Your motives and objective is wrong. I'd rather be, be, be wrong in my theology than be wrong in my heart. That's right. Spirit of God dwells in your heart. This is why God, God loved David. God knew that David's heart loved the Lord. Matter of fact, God is hunting. You know, God is looking for man. You know, the Bible says, I, God said, I found him. In other words, he was seeking. He, was, he said, I found a man after my own heart. Praise God. God is looking for someone to bless. The prophet says God is looking for someone to bless. After blessing that person, they remain a human being. They don't become an angel. They don't become a know-it-all, you know, a puffed-up person, you know, like what we see in the world. If somebody becomes, let's say, a celebrity, maybe they, they are good at this. You know, people make them an opinion leader of everything. Just because I know accounting, that doesn't mean I, have to, I know everything. I don't know about cars. I don't know about fishing. I don't know about... But you know what? The temptation of people is that, let's say you reach a certain degree in life, whether God gives you wealth. People tend to have this tendency to ask you everything. But, but you know what? You may know how to run a business, but you don't know everything. Yeah. Hey, man, you have to know your limits, right? I, I, I know a little bit about preaching because God called me to be a minister. But a lot of things I don't know. I don't know which company has the best hotels. I don't know the best Airbnbs. I don't know the best restaurants in, in Hickory. I have to ask Brother Tom, which is the best uh, breakfast restaurant? And he said, Brother, it's first watch. I said, oh, that's right. <laughs> Amen. So now let's continue reading here. We are about to close. Don't get nervous. <laughs> you know me, I preach the message of the hour. I believe I preach the message of the hour. <laughs> For now, maybe when I get old, it might change, but I try to stick with the message of the hour. The mighty God unveiled before us. Now, the only way that you are going, ever going to be able to do it, my brethren, is this. And brethren of the world, of the different parts of the world, I might say there's only one way for that, for that director to do. He has got to get in the same spirit that the composer was. Brother Branham was talking about a symphony, and I had to Google that because I've never been to a symphony. And it's like an orchestra where they have musicians, some are playing different instruments, right? And then there's a director, and then there's a composer. Uh, so, so the director has to get, he has to know what the composer wanted, right? So the, the director must know the mind of the composer, for this symphony or this orchestra to play, to, to, to have very good music, right? So if, let's say, the director wanted, you know, the song to be sung that way, so the composer, and the, the, the director does not know that, there's going to be problems. So that's the same thing with the Bible. We as ministers, we are like directors. You, we, we, all of us are like directors. And God is the composer. And we have to get in the spirit of the composer. Amen. Not just to look at the music sheet and just say, oh, this is F sharp or this is uh, uh, C flat. Is there something called C flat? You have to get in the spirit of it. Amen. That's what Brother Branham was saying here. So in other words, we have to get in the spirit of the Bible. We have to get in the spirit of the message of the hour. Amen. 
And if you are, you know, if you are, uh, 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 if you get in the spirit of Shakespeare, then you, you, you are able to what? To know, you, you, see, you wonder why artificial intelligence is such something that is sweeping the world. It's because it studies you know, information and it's able to determine your, the thought process behind that information. And it's able to predict what can come out of, of something, right? By studying the pattern. Even if it brings out something completely new, it is able to know, okay, so this is how this person writes, or this is how this is done. So it's able to predict, that's what, what, what they call artificial intelligence. And we have spiritual intelligence. We know, you know, if God says this, I know what that means. I know what this means. I'm not just, you know, being technical and say, well, how long is a long skirt? Or how short is a short skirt? You know the spirit behind. And you are able to catch the revelation. That's why Jesus Christ said to, to the disciples, who do people say I am? He did not give them an answer. He asked them a completely new question. And you know what? God still does that. He may not ask us that same question. It may be a different question, but every day God gives you a new question. He wants, you to, he wants to see whether you are mature or not. And say, well, some say you are John the Baptist. That was right, but that wasn't all of it. Some say you are Jeremiah. That was right, but that, that wasn't all of it. Because he was the God of the prophets. But Peter, by revelation, he said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And because of that, Jesus Christ was pleased by that. He says, flesh and blood, upon this rock, I will build my church. It's not, well, what does, what, what does the, let me find a quotation. Because you know what, you can go to heaven without reading all the messages. There are people that have walked through the ages that they did not read the whole Bible. But yet they got the spirit of the Bible. You say, you know what, I have, I have not read that book, but that doesn't sound quite right. Why? Because you have the spirit of the Bible. I may not have read that, that tape you are referring to, but that doesn't sound right the way you are putting it across. Why? Because you have the spirit of the message. Amen. It's like if somebody comes to me and says, Brother Aaron, oh, Brother Benny McCaffrey said this, 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 this. I would say, mm, the way I know Benny McCaffrey, I don't think he would say that. Because I know the author. I, what you are saying, I'm not saying it's wrong, but the way I know this person, I know his spirit, I know his intention, I know his objective. I don't think he meant what you are saying, what you are implying. And God wants us to have that kind of a relationship with him. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 4, I have to hurry up now. I've got a few minutes left. And, and he said unto him, if thou be the son of God. So this is the devil quoting the word to Jesus Christ. And I want you to know that he, Jesus Christ never said the scripture that you're quoting is wrong. And the devil knows the word. And when he comes to you, he's not going to give you something that you don't know. He's going to give you the word. But Jesus Christ was able to catch the spirit. To say, yes, it's the scripture, but it's the wrong spirit. So what did he do? He gives another word. It is also written. Men shall not live by bread, by bread alone. It is also written, right? So if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you can take the word and make it anything that you want. There are people who have made polygam out of this message. 
There are people that have made cults out of this message. Why? Because you take a quotation and you take it with the wrong spirit. And you, you rule over people. You take the Holy Spirit out of the church and you rule over people. Matthew chapter 5, verse 27. Jesus Christ said, He have heard that it was said by them of old, Thou shalt not commit adultery. Now, this is a scripture. And this is a word. And Jesus Christ said, But I say unto you, that whosoever looketh any woman to lust after her has committed adultery with her already in his heart. So God, so Jesus Christ was going beyond the scripture. He was going, he was looking at the spirit behind the scripture. That, hey, don't just say, well, I've never committed adultery in my life. You know? God, Jesus Christ was going, he was amplifying the, the word here. You are saying, if you look at a woman with intentions of making her your wife, to last is to have you know, an evil intention. So we remember we said the spirit is the intention behind. And God looks at that. So here Jesus Christ is saying that he's not, he's not pleased. He's not moved by you know, outside. He's moved by your intention. You might not take someone to make him your wife, but you make her your wife. But if you look with the wrong intention, you are equally guilty. So if you have the right spirit, it's not just not committing adultery, but it's going a, a step further to look with the right intention. Amen. This is what Jesus Christ was saying. He was bringing them into the Holy Ghost. That the Holy Ghost is not going to make you just to follow the rules. The Holy Ghost is going to give you the right intention. And that's the right interpretation of the Bible. Amen. Jehovah Jireh, the prophet says, Oh, brother, the Bible is just a love letter. You have to read between the lines. Amen. See what it means. You know, like people take Brother Bram sometimes for what he says instead of what he means. Like the prophet would say, Enoch worked with God for 500 years. And someone says, Oh, the Bible says 300 years. You are missing the point. You are taking the letter without the spirit. It's a love letter here. If, if, if you have to, what is being said, and this is not you know, something that we can teach you mechanically. It's, a, it's the Holy Ghost revelation. And for the Holy Ghost to reveal these things to you, you have to have a heart. A heart that is willing to learn. The Bible says, desire the sincere milk of the word. That is the only way God can, can deal with you. But if you approach the message in a defensive mode, to say, I don't want to be told what to do. I want to be, be free. You know what? There is no one who is free. Because there is only one that is sovereign. That is God. And <laughs> logic will tell you that, you know, abstract reasoning will tell you that if there is a, a, a sovereign object, then the other subjects cannot be sovereign. Because there's only one that can be sovereign, that's God. Which means that all of us, we are, we are subject to some form of power. And nobody can say I am free in that literal sense. Because how can you be free when you are an American citizen? Because you have to follow the laws of America. So there is no person like in, an, in a kind of way who can say I am free. No, you can't be free. The only way you can be free is if God sets you free because he is the one who is sovereign. Amen. Amen. Now here, uh, as the musicians are preparing to come, 
For the word of God is quick. No, I think I read this one. Let me skip. I just have like three more slides and then we'll finish. Ye last and, and ye have not. Ye kill and ye desire to have, and you cannot obtain. You fight and you war, yet ye have not because you ask not. Ye ask and receive not because you ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your last. So James is saying the reason why sometimes we ask and we don't receive is because of our motive. It's because of the spirit behind why we are asking. If the musicians can come. I said, brother, I know the, there was a gentleman who came to the prophet and says, Brother Branham, you don't know the word. <laughs> he thought he pinned the prophet down. And the prophet says, I don't. He says, I, I said, brother, I know the author better than I know his book. I mean, I would rather have the author anyhow, anytime. His book is fine, that's right. But I'd rather know the author wouldn't you, wouldn't you, and you know him by the laugh. That's why when, when, when John wrote the epistle, he says, love one another, brethren. He that loveth his brother is walking in the light. Amen. Amen. Love sums up the commandment. Do you love God tonight? Do you love his children? If you love God, you are bound to come out right. Think right, do right, and you are bound to come out, come out right. Judges chapter 2, verse 8. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110, and they buried him in the territory of his inheritance in uh, Timoth Harris, in the hill of the country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gash. And all the people and all the generations were gathered to their fathers, and another generation arose after them who did not know here it says to recognize and understand the Lord or even the work which he has done. So this is the beginning of the, of the book of Judges. They did not know God. They, 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 they had rituals. They were going to church, but the Bible says they did not know God. To know church and to know tradition and to know God are two different things. And today our prayer and our burden for the young people and all of you is that we may know him even as we are known. If we can stand upon our feet. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight, Lord, that, Father, you have given us a perfect word that came to us to the prophet. Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that you give us clean hearts to, to take this word and apply it, Father, not in a malicious way, not, not, Father, to use it for profit, not to use it to control people, not to use it, Father, for any other motive except to glorify God. Father, we, we tremble, Lord God, when we stand here, Lord, knowing that, Father, we will be judged according to what we have preached, knowing that, Father, life, people's souls hang upon this word. I pray, Father, that, Lord God, you give us, Lord God, clean hearts, Give us, Father, clean minds to apply this word, to have the spirit behind this word, to be able to apply it in our daily lives, Lord. Whether, Lord God, we are parents, whether we are, we are, we are, we are in a different walks of life, to show Jesus Christ. For, Lord, you said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto myself. 
For the world is hungry for the living bread. The world is hungry for, 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 for Jesus Christ. To see him. To see a life. To see Jesus Christ who is real walking on two feet. Lord God, I think, Father, of Brother Andy's, Andy Irish testimony saying you don't have to be fake. For the world, the world is full of fake. Be yourself. Be real. Help us, Lord, to be real. To be ourselves. And to walk, Father, according to your will. Help us, Father, to find Lord Jesus Christ, our purpose in you. Lord God, to find our objectives and, and Lord, our motives in your word. To find that which is right before thee. We commit your people into your hands, Lord. Bless them as they go back to their homes. Lord God, we know there is a reward to those that come, Father. And God, stand before you. For there is nothing that can be done unto you without a reward. Bless them, Lord. Even some that are listening, Lord. In Lord God, invisible audience. Some are streaming tonight. I think of my wife this evening, Lord. Bless her, oh God, and bless the saints, oh God, that are together with us in the spirit, not being able to come to the house of God, but having a desire in their heart to wish that they were here. We thank you, Lord. Bless our pastor until he comes back. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. God bless you, Brother Mitch. I'll say yes, Lord, yes.
let's keep it in the same key. We'll sing this song as you're dismissed. We won't hold you any longer. Uh, just uh, continue to remember the prayer requests that were given and just pray for the services uh, this weekend. We just want to thank Brother Aaron for uh, taking his time and using his gift this evening and allowing the Lord to speak to us. So, but uh, let's just sing this song, Turn Your Eyes on Jesus, same key. So turn your eyes upon me.